Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Terra Community Call, hosted by TFM. Let's take a listen. Hi, everyone. It's Rebel DeFi here on the TFM account. I can see PFC in the house already. Terra Spaces have jumped in. I'll bring PFC up in just a moment. Um, yeah, just before we get started, I was hoping to highlight the swap feature on Terra Station. You might have seen it but it now uses the TFM DEX aggregator to ensure that lunatics are always going to get the best swap rates, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and, and the way the DEX aggregator works is it uses all three DEXs on Terra, so Astroport, TerraSwap, and Phoenix, and it finds the best route for any trade that we want to make. So yeah, a bit of a shout out for what we're building at TFM. And you can also check out our pro trading dashboard at tfm.com right i can see jacks here pfc's here lachlan who i believe oh there's a lachlan i'm not certain if this is the lachlan from stably could well be yep it is i'll just bring jack up first and then pfc next just before we get started jack have you got any update you want to share about either of your projects hey rebel how you doing hi there very well yourself yeah not bad thank you Cool. Just bring PFC up, Jack. I don't know if you heard me there, but yeah, if you want to share anything about IL or GP, you're more than welcome for a quick shout out. Yeah, sure. So in terms of GP, um, our main announcement that we're looking to drop on GP's birthday, which is October 2nd. Um, so best to wait and listen, listen out for that. So I don't want to spoil too much on that. Um, and as for Liquid Labs, over the next uh, couple of weeks, we're looking to uh, just drop some more information on the first product that we'll be releasing. Um, and hopefully we should be on mainnet uh, early October, which is very, very exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. And PFC has dropped in as well. Do you want to share any update on what you're working on at the moment, sir? Uh, sure. Uh, today I've been basically doing a security vulnerability on IBC. Um, been playing with the stake, liquid staking, and um, building the validator DAO. So it's been a busy day. Awesome. Could you um, just share with myself, actually, and the audience as well, what, what chains do you validate on besides Terra <laughs> and Classic? Uh, officially, I think there's like four of them. I've got Classic, Terra, Injective, Stride, uh, probably missing one. Uh, partner with other people on Secret and uh, Osmosis, and uh, I think there's another one I partner with. And I host uh, nodes for other, you know, where I'm not actually getting commission or running it or having voting capability on around 20 different chains at the moment. And I think for six or seven different individuals or different uh, players. So I get around. 
Sure. It certainly sounds like you're kept busy. Um, Jack, is Karma going to be jumping into this one as well? Yeah, she said she was going to join. I think uh, she dropped a DM saying um, she got held up with something, so hopefully she'll be here in a minute. Cool. Well, we're just after 8 o'clock UK time. Jack says he's going to be leaving at 9 o'clock. Typically, we sort of run for an hour unless things are going crazy and it's a good reason to stay on the call. Um, But there's some sort of interest at the moment in Terra governance. It can be seen as a less exciting topic, but there's some guys from, and possibly some girls, from Stably in the call just now, and they've got a proposal up on Terra Station governance um, that is actually going to be finishing quite soon. I'm not sure of the exact time. Um, and at the moment, the, the proposal is passing, and it's for or it's for them to get some funding to develop on Terra. The, what sort of caught my interest with regards to this proposal is that and it was something I'm a little bit ignorant of, actually, is that I didn't quite realise how the abstain vote worked on governance proposals. Um, so, yeah, it turns out that abstain essentially helps proposals reach quorum and then the yes-no votes or the, the abstain votes are taken out and then just the yes and the no votes are compared and whichever has the most will win. So at the moment, it looks like yes has got 29% and no has got 26.8%. So it is quite close. Um, So I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about governance, also hear from the Stably guys about why, obviously they want the proposal to pass, why lunatics should vote yes on this proposal. Um, Yeah, and we'll just take it from there. So if there's... Oh, yes. Do you want to jump in with anything? Uh, yeah, my was that to me or uh, to Sefi? I, I wasn't hearing properly. Sorry, Jack or Sefi's not up as a speaker yet. I'm sure yeah. we can get him up. If if we want to go for a few hours, we'll definitely get Sefi up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, the main reason people abstain is so that uh, if it's a reasonable vote, that the person doing the, the writing the proposal gets their money back. Because uh, if you don't reach quorum, you lose the actual deposit. So that's why a lot of people actually just abstain um, on on the thing. Okay, so there is a reason to abstain on a vote, um, and it's mainly just to get the people's money back who actually put the proposal up. Sure, and then, yeah, I can see Sefi has requested to talk. We'll get him up in just a moment. Um, I mean, as far as this proposal is concerned, it's not for a huge amount of community pool funding. So on that respect, I'm not, dead against this or dead for this one. Um, I don't think it's going to harm the community pool if it passes or doesn't pass. Um, it would obviously harm stably or potentially harm stably rolling out on Terra if they don't get funding for this. Um, Sefi, have you had a look at this proposal? Do you want to come in with a comment? Sefi, you are? Yeah, there? hey guys. Uh, I just had a question actually. Um, so the stably thing, um, outside of the actual proposal, uh, do you guys know who these people are? Like, is this, uh, is this number one, like some credible organization of some kind that we know about? Or like, I don't really know too much about it, honestly. Jack, do you want to jump in on that one? 
Sorry, Rebel, you cut out there. I think my connection's a bit dodgy at the moment. Could you, uh, could you repeat that? Uh, simply, uh, yes. is, is, uh, is Stably a known entity? Is it like a credible organization? Like outside of the actual nuances of the proposal, like this is a trustworthy group? group? I, I personally don't know. Um, I, I can see that the Stably guys are actually in the chat, so it might be worth them coming up and uh, just dropping a bit, a bit on that. Yeah, hey, everyone. Uh, this is David. I'm one of the co-founders at Stably. First of all, thanks for having us. Uh, you know, happy to answer any outstanding questions that you guys might have and help you know spread a little bit more information about what we're trying to do and why we think it's good for the ecosystem. So I guess to just answer the immediate question, uh, so Stably is a corporation based out of the United States. Uh, what we do is we work with regulated financial institutions to bring fiat back one-to-one US dollar stable coins onto different layer one blockchains. So for us, you know, we really want to make US dollar infrastructure more accessible to people, uh, especially people that are using these chains from countries that may not have access to easy dollar infrastructure, for example. So uh, that's kind of the approach that we are taking. You know, we're not here to compete against uh, you know, other types of stablecoin innovation. We just want to give users that choice. So that's a little bit about me and that's a little about about Stably and uh, I'll be here to answer any other questions that you guys may have. But just just briefly, uh, so you guys have like launched on other chains and have, um, like where can we go to find out more about the company and such in, in a comprehensive manner? Yeah, so we've launched on about 10 other chains uh, at this point. So we started off on Ethereum, you know, a long time ago. And over time, we've expanded onto other L1s, uh, such as VeChain, Stellar, Tezos, uh, and other chains like that. And the best place to learn about Stably, I would say, is our website. So it's uh, stably.io. And if you have any specific questions that are not addressed by our website, I'm happy to try to tackle them here. Thanks. Mm, only, 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 only question I had maybe would be like, so when it comes to your project on Terra, like, how do you guys monetize this? Like, how do you ultimately make a buck? Um, like, what's in it for the company? Um, that kind of thing. Like, what's the business model? Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, our main revenue comes from two different places. So, one is we charge a small on and off ramp fee. So, when users go through our platform and link their bank account and they want to convert some of their fiat into stablecoin or convert some of their stablecoin back into fiat. Uh, we'll charge you know some number of basis points based on the payment method and the risk of the transaction. And then uh, for any of the stable coins that are outstanding, there is a small amount of interest that is generated on that uh, from things like uh, U.S. Treasuries or uh, you know cash deposits, for example. And all your funds are just held with Prime Trust. You you don't you don't actually have like multiple. Uh providers in the back end so currently prime trust is the main provider that's correct uh we do plan to integrate other custodians uh over time uh but for now prime trust has you know been a great partner of ours and david the, the ask in this proposal is for two hundred thousand dollars worth us dollars worth of luna is that correct uh i believe it was a fixed amount of tokens that were requested uh rather than a dollar amount yeah it was fifty thousand luna okay my mistake thank you very much so i mean just just thinking about that i mean fifty thousand luna this is not like 
going to break the bank or anything if this goes through. Um, so yeah, anyone else, you're more than welcome to jump up to the stage or any of the speakers got any more comments? I'll just keep going then. Um, yeah, in response to what Steffi was asking about, like, how do you make money? Um, you're talking about a, a small fee. I mean, we've got other projects coming on for like sort of onboarding fiat onto Terra and, and the fee is like $2 per transaction. I mean, are you in that ballpark or are you talking like, I don't know, is it a, is it a fixed fee or is it a percentage? Yeah, so uh, depending on the payment method, there can be a fixed fee or a percentage or both. So for example, uh, and I guess one of the differences I want to highlight between us and a lot of these other on and off ramp options is uh, because we're focusing just on stablecoin on and off ramp, we can actually allow users to use other payment methods that they traditionally may not be able to use, uh, like ACH or Fedwire in the US, for example. So uh, what we really focus on is giving users that ability to choose between settlement and how much fees that they're paying. So, for example, you know, if a user wants to do ACH, but they want to get their funds available, you know, more quickly, we could charge anywhere from, you know, 50 basis points uh, up to a percent, depending on how risky that transaction is for us. Uh, but if a customer is just sending us Fedwire, for example, uh, most of the times they're just paying some small fee and also whatever their bank charges for the wire, which in the U.S. I think is anywhere from like 10 to 30 dollars usually. Okay. And um, all the funds that are being held in Prime Trust, are they actually held in uh, fiat or in uh, in the stable coin? Because we had a challenge uh, last time people did something very similar to this on our previous chains, where it looked like it was in fiat, but in reality, most of the money was actually held in the stable coin. And I'm not sure, you know, and that when it went south, Basically, a lot of people didn't like, you know, lost a lot. So yeah, what assurances do we have on that? And how do we not just trust you, but how do we actually see that? Hey, everyone. Uh, can you hear me? This is uh, Corey from Stably. Hey, Corey. Hey. Um, yeah. So I like to chime in to provide a little bit of uh, context here. So, yes, in terms of uh, what the actual asset uh, of the collateral is. Um, we have a trust agree uh, agreement with Prime Trust where uh, they are only allowed to hold these assets in uh, cash, FDIC-insured cash accounts, or uh, US short-term U.S. government treasuries. And outside those two assets, um, they're not allowed to uh, put in anything else. And that's uh, written through a trust agreement or basically a trustee. Um, and uh, uh, does, that, does, that make, uh, does that answer your question? Not specifically. I mean, you still have a trading fund where they did the swaps, don't you? So you have the client accounts, which are FTC, IC, whatever. But a lot of the stuff when you start going to debit cards and you start going to the other things is where they got challenged. Um, so that that's probably also where I'm looking at. So what was happening with Prime Trust in the previous one is people would put their money in, but it would stay in the wallet as opposed to actually going into the bank account component of it because prime trust isn't just one thing they've got you know they've got an otc desk they've got another component and then you had these massive funds where you where they'd basically put it in and that's where you know they had like that's where they actually did the trades 
So a lot of the challenges they had was those the, the trading funds disappeared and also a lot of people's wallet were a lot of people's funds were held in the wallet component, not in the actual uh, bank account component, if that makes sense. Because in order to do this stuff, you have to get the money into the bank account. You have to then go through the trading fund and then put it into a wallet. Okay, and then the wallet itself is, is secure. It's used by Fireblocks and all that kind of stuff, but it's still in a wallet. And then if your coin depegs, which will probably never happen, um, because it's in the wallet component, tough luck because it's not actually in the fiat. That's the challenge and that's what happened in the Alice type situation. So yeah. uh, my CTO, David, can actually give a really uh, straightforward breakdown of our, how our minting and redemption infrastructure work with the fiat rails we have with Prime Trust. Um, but quickly before he uh, uh, touch on that, um, we work with a public third-party public auditor called Cohen & Co. Not only do they provide monthly attestation of uh, uh, the reserve that we have, of the trust account that we have with Prime Trust, and publish it, and we publish all that online. Um, they also have a dashboard called um, Stable Insight, and on the Stable Insight dashboard, um, they basically leverage Prime Trust API in order to provide a live balance feed of uh, that reserve account versus the number of tokens that we have minted on chain at all time. So if there's any sort of issue or any sort of imbalance, yeah. they would so, reach out and form an alert us. Um, but so yeah, on that point, Corey, up. yeah, on just on that on that point, there was a question that one of the other validators was asking about that they couldn't actually see anything on Cohen and Cohen's website about you. They can see everything on your website, but there's nothing on their website which they own to say that they're a customer. So have you rectified that? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I mean, we have monthly attestation report that's signed by them, by, you know, people from their company uh, that are authorized and uh, the stable insight. On, on their website that we can see on their website. Yeah, but the stable insight website itself uh, is also a Cohen & Co. website. And um, to address that particular community member's questions, I actually reached out to Cohen and Co. And I had an email uh, exchange with them. And I asked for that community member's email. And then I forwarded that email conversation uh, the, the, directly to that member to confirm that Cohen and Co. and us are actually working together. And if you provide me with your email address, I'm more than happy to forward it to you as well. Uh, he just couldn't make the call. So I'm just asking for him. Um, that wasn't my concerns. Okay, yeah, but if, if it was the same uh, member that was uh, that we're talking about, I can't remember his name right now. But yeah, we've uh, I've gotten his email address, and then we forward the uh, uh, message over to him. And I haven't heard from him since, so uh, so I assume that was good enough for him. Okay, thanks. Yep, no problem. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, David, could you uh, help touch on the uh, technical aspect of uh, the fiat rails and the minting and burning of USDS? Yeah, so to uh, answer that question in a little bit more detail. So uh, the way that we handle stable coins is we only do one to one, uh, you know, direct collateral stable coins. So what does that mean? Right. So uh, what it means is there's actually no trade desk between when the user wants to create new stable coins and when the stable coins are created. Uh, what we so 
So you yeah. don't actually use their trading functions to basically call their OTC to put the money in and then get the stable coin on the other end. It might be a one-for-one, -one, one, but I understood that that's how Prime Trust works. Uh, that's right. So we do not rely on third-party liquidity providers. So what we do is what we, uh, is what we call direct issuance. So the only way that a new stablecoin comes into existence in our system is when an equivalent number of U.S. dollars enters the Prime Trust system and settles into our collateral account. So this basically guarantees that for every single stablecoin outstanding, there is always at least an equivalent dollar ready to fulfill that redemption in case anyone wants to come back and redeem. So, you know, for example, let's say someone deposits $100 into our system. Uh, what we would do is we would wait for those funds to be good. And once those funds are good, we move it into the collateral account. And that is what triggers the creation of the stable coins. So there's no like, uh, you know, intermediaries that are, you know, doing the trading and there's no kind of like magic happening under the hood. It's just one-to-one -one direct issuance for us. Cool, thanks. I mean, hi guys, Rebel Defi here again. I I think you're explaining this pretty clearly to us about how it works. I feel like I'm sort of got my head around it. Um, one, I don't know if it's a concern, but maybe more just a reservation. Like, I um, a lot of us used to kind of live by the maxim that a decentralized economy needs decentralized money, and like I still love that idea and I, I just feel that with this even though i think what you're doing is, is pretty cool i just feel that we're maybe not really going down a decentralized route here we're kind of coming in with here we've got cash money let's turn cash money into crypto um so i just wondered is, is there any way you could sort of address address that yeah, absolutely. So at Stably, we, you know, are a stablecoin agnostic business, right? So we don't want to just promote USDS. USDS is just a method for us to enable to have fiat to stablecoin access to emerging ecosystem, emerging blockchain ecosystem. You know, we're in no way trying to compete with, let's say, uh, USDT or USDC or even DAI or FRAX or any of these other uh, you know, decentralized stablecoin project, right? Um, eventually, on our fiat on and off ramp, we would love to support any other uh, DeFi stablecoins that are being created within the uh, the Terra community as well. And um, as long as they are able to pass the uh, compliance criteria that we have to run through, then we're more than happy to you know enable users you know in two hundred plus countries to easily buy and sell those stablecoins uh, using uh, cards or bank transfer and whatever. Yeah. And to add on to that, I mean, we're not really trying to replace like, you know, native cryptos uh, in this case, right? We're just trying to give users a tool that they can use so that they can more easily bridge between, you know, all the traditional financial infrastructure that they already use and, you know, all the DeFi and stuff that we're moving towards. So, you know, we view this more as a way to make that transition easier rather than as kind of like a long-term replacement for, you know, purely decentralized solutions absolutely yeah i think bringing more people into crypto is is fundamental um we've got skeleton punks up with a question or comment you want to come up sir uh yes hi uh thank you for 
uh, calling me up, Rebel. So, you know, personally speaking for myself and uh, for my group, you know, we are really uh, believers in the decentralized uh, economy and that it needs decentralized money. Now, this chain is, a, you know, a permissionless chain, which is beautiful. So, you know, it's a great thing for you to launch this if you want to launch it. But personally, I don't support, you know, uh, the community pool paying for it. I, I support the community pool paying for decentralized solutions to our problems. And if you want to launch a product and because you think you can uh, make a, a service or, or help the community, good on you. But, but uh, you know, I don't think that this is a product that actually represents Luna. It definitely doesn't represent the Skeleton Punks. That's 100% for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, we, you know, uh, definitely appreciate the the feedback that you know you're given. Um, I guess to provide explanation on you know why we are even charging this uh, two hundred thousand dollar annually. Um, as a regulated uh, business, you know we are technically a through one of our subsidiary a uh, uh, FinCEN registered money service business and. Um, we have to place compliance as one of our top priorities. So uh, not only that, but also security. So in order for us to expand onto every single um, blockchain, emerging blockchain networks, not only is there uh, you know, potential um, te technological risk that we're undertaking and issuing and redeeming uh, and burning tokens on these chain, we also have to make sure that you know, um, things like compliance have to be taken care of from BSA AML to even the uh, travel rule implementation, right? So uh, opening up a fiat on and off ramp from the real world to, you know, to, 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 to Web3, we're basically connecting, you know, people's bank account, right, to, to the Terra ecosystem. So as you can uh, imagine, a lot of compliance is required. So with, through all these efforts, um, I guess to split it this way, uh, our team, you know, we have like a 30 plus people team, half here in the United States, have offshore, uh, and most of that is actually based in Vietnam, my home country. So we're able to actually operate very lean and efficiently already. Uh, but you know, just to give you context, right? A uh, single engineer here, um, where David and I are based in Seattle, could cost upward of anywhere between two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and to operate a stablecoin project, you definitely need more than just you know one engineer. You need compliance, customer support, um, you know, other ops people, business people, et cetera. So we basically trying to make the process, optimize the process to be efficient and scalable enough to, for it to be, you know, at the initial to be nothing more than just around $200,000 annually. And um, eventually with more adoption on your ecosystem, uh, one day, once USDS reach, you know, in the tens of million, you know, even at least like ten to twenty million dollar, the interest income uh, from the reserve of the stablecoin that we generate ourselves, that would be more than sufficient for us to sustain the operations and continue operating without even needing to, you know, charge the community any sort of money. So, really, this grant is uh, really for us to, you know, get started and uh, open up, uh, you know, fiat gateways to the Terra ecosystem and facilitating uh, multi-chain liquidity bridging as well. Um, David, is there anything you want to add to this? Yeah, so I'll just say, you know, the, the main reason we need to charge a fee is because it is substantially expensive for us to get started. And, you know, while we realize that this solution isn't for everyone in the Terra ecosystem, uh, we do think it will bring an easier way for people to get into and out of the ecosystem when they need. So. 
that's really the value we're trying to provide at the end of the day. Okay. PSC, you want to go? Yeah, I just got um, another question, really. It's more about uh, international support because, I mean, you mentioned Prime Trust and ACH and all those things. What are your plans? Like, do you actually have concrete plans to support, I don't know, Asia or Europe um, in, in being able to do these kind of things? Or is it just something US only and that you're thinking of at the moment? As in, yeah, have so, concrete um, plans to implement? Yeah, absolutely. So our plan eventually is to diversify, not just, you know, the uh, financial, uh, the regulated custodians who we work with, such as Prime Trust. We're also going to diversify our payment processing partnerships. Uh, so right now, you know, we're running through Prime Trust. They have, uh, through Prime Trust, we're actually able to service Asia already uh, through uh, international SWIFT wire, right? So anyone can send a SWIFT wire uh, from Asia to uh uh, Prime Trust in order to mint uh, a, a USDS token or in order to purchase other assets. Um, they can also uh, uh, use credit or debit cards. Uh, we have Visa and MasterCard supported through Prime Trust as well. Uh, and I believe they support over 100 countries uh, for card processing. And we're, at, but we're actually exploring relationship, as I mentioned, with uh, another uh, potential payment processor named uh, Checkout.com. And uh, through Checkout.com, we're uh, you know looking to uh, not only reduce uh, the fees, the card processing fees that users gonna have to uh, deal with, but also uh, expand the global coverage of where you know uh, users can use uh, their cards. So, um, okay, yeah. And what kind of notification period does Prime Trust have to close you? So, for example, if they think you know again what Binance did with Silvergate. They basically notified uh, Silvergate notified Binance. Now, oh, hi guys, we're stopping. What kind of notice period do you have with them? And you know, could they actually do that very quickly? Yeah, um, I'll actually let uh, David take this one. Um, I, I have to hop onto uh, another uh, investor call. So um, it was actually really great uh, being here and uh, uh, discussing this with the community. I look forward to uh, collaborating with. Uh, the community and uh, you know having more of these discussion in the future. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks. Thanks Sorry. See you. Yeah. So to address that question, so uh, you know, on I guess there's two kind of things that we're currently doing for this. So number one is we are diversifying the providers we have in the back end for fiat funds processing. So you know, while Prime Trust is our major provider today, we don't expect that to be the case over the course of the next 12 months. And in terms of minimum notice period, uh, they do have a 90-day contractual obligation to notice, uh, to give us notice. So that should give us sufficient time to migrate to a new processor if needed. Thank you. That was helpful. Uh, quick um, question. Uh, the, assuming that you win this proposal money, um, what kind of time frame uh, are you looking at to enable this uh, gateway, this fiat gateway, um, and and what kind of like commitment uh, are you guys putting in? Yeah, so in terms of timeline, we would expect to go live with this uh, somewhere between two to three months after the uh, acceptance date. So you know, upon acceptance, that's when we would start. Uh, you know, basically papering any sort of agreements we need to on our side and also setting up the infrastructure to uh, connect to Terra. And then on the 
uh, you know, commitment side. So whenever we do one of these integrations, it's not just about, you know, let's just plug it in and then we'll forget about it. Uh, you know, we have a very strong incentive to make our product, you know, useful and add a lot of value to end users as well. So uh, one of the things that we do is we work with other, you know, Web3 companies within the ecosystem to basically make our product more useful. So that means, you know, listing our stablecoin into different protocols, having our on and off ramp available in the various non-custodial wallets, and also, you know, finding other ways to make the user experience better, such as, uh, you know, funding user accounts when they don't have any native tokens, for example, if they make like a large enough purchase. So, you know, there's a lot of small things we try to do to make that first time and also repeat user experience, uh, you know, great and also make it so that users have a place that they can go to where they can easily, you know, top up their balance in their uh, wallets, for example. Thanks again for that, David. Um, yeah, we've got Skeleton Punks with hand up again. Very polite. Come on in. Sir. Yeah, man. Sorry, sorry. You know, I just got, I, I just, when I look at this model, I just see like this fee generating beast and, you know, it's going to, it's, you know, you're going to take fees in and out and you're charging fees on the credit card stuff and like all this is good and like we all want to make fees. But it's like to make a commitment for, you know, 200,000 yearly, I, I, I know, I just don't see that. Like it says that you're live on like so many chains and you're doing this. Like, why aren't you just building this great product and, and presenting it to us and, and earning the fees? Like, why are we paying for this? Like, I, I understand that you said it takes you know, all these developers and all this stuff and you'll roll it out in two or three months. But let me give you, let me just explain something like, we got $26,000 to build a project from scratch and I'm like leveraging it on three different projects to deliver quality to the ecosystem, right? Like we're trying to do everything we can to raise uh, the, the energy again and to bring the DeFi back, like bring the stable coin in, integrate it with the DeFi projects, make a shit ton of money because we're going to have the most active DeFi. I think that's the best game plan. Yeah, I mean, you know, we would definitely love to get to that point. So... Uh, the main issue right now is it's not extremely straightforward or low friction for us to expand to a new chain, uh, mainly because there's a lot of like traditional processes in the background that need to happen. So, you know, there's like legal things that need to happen and there's also set up with our auditors. So, you know, while we would like to be able to move quickly and roll out to a bunch of different chains at once, uh, we really do rely on kind of, you know, the community subsidizing at least part of that initial cost on our side in order for us to really be able to move quickly on this. Because, you know, I guess my point is, even if we don't get this, uh, you know, grant from the community, you know, we do think that we will expand to Terra at some point, but it would probably have to be on a much longer time frame. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. For so just, sorry, uh, one of the other alternatives, um, is that you use the community funds to purchase some of this. So they actually hold it on deposit or something like that. That just, if this one doesn't go through, that may actually help you. So that, you know, you can basically, you know, they'll basically purchase some of this uh, as collateral. So that might be another approach if this one doesn't work. So it's not giving yeah. you the money, it's just holding, hold it, it's basically giving you some funds. So that might help you. Yeah, that's a great idea. We'll definitely consider that. I'm just thinking we could maybe sort of broaden this conversation out a little bit. We've had a latecomer join this call um, and hopefully Karma could maybe give us a sort of 
update on some of the other projects building, or maybe not the other projects specifically, but just what's going on with the Emergency Builder Fund. Is that something you can talk on, Karma? Yes, of course. I apologize for not being able to join a bit earlier. I was involved in another spaces. Um, yes, feel free to tell me if I'm just, you know, like interrupting in the midst of a, of a discussion. But uh, yeah, I can I can certainly talk a little bit about the emergency efforts and some of the grants that have been, you know, uh, paid out to teams building on Terra. Um, so just just quick confirmation that I'm not interrupting in the midst of a discussion. That would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, I hope David sticks around and we can sort of get back to Stably. I mean, I've definitely got some other questions as well to sort of throw his way. But yeah, it'd be great to hear from you, Karma. Of course. So I'm not sure how much the public knows about the Terra community grants and the emergency grants. But basically, back when the Terra 2.0 chain was established um, and created, a certain percentage of all the Terra like Luna coins have been set aside as uh, this emergency fund, which is what we've been calling it, to ensure that projects that were hurt by the DPEG and the uh, downfall of Luna Classic uh, would be provided some kind of emergency funding to keep building. Uh, and by keep building, we don't just say, oh, build new things, but also have enough runway for the developers, for the staff to take their contracts, adapt them to the new chain and redeploy. So uh, many of the protocols that you know and love from old Terra Classic, you know, like, for example, Astroport or even Terrascope, all the tools that you used uh, daily, all these teams were uh, had the opportunity to apply to emergency funding, tell us exactly how much money they would need to redeploy on Terra 2.0 and what would be involved in it, how big their teams were and also how much funds they lost. Now, that's just a broad overview. Feel free to interrupt me with questions at any point of this, of this explanation. But this was all good and nice, wasn't it? Uh, but what the problem we encountered very, very soon after establishing the new chain was that while governance is clean and nice and on chain, it eventually sometimes, and especially in terms of grants, needs someone to actually execute what was in the proposal. Um, and that's where the emergency council came in, which, you know, was um, selected among the community members after many, many hundreds of hours of of uh, quarrels uh, and discussions. And I'm going to just stop here right away because I saw TFM unmuting themselves. Uh, did you want to add something in between? I, I would, I would love it if you could go in a little bit deeper on how these members were chosen. I mean, I know some of them. I think you're absolutely fantastic as a, a representative of the community. Um, but it wasn't like it went to any kind of vote because I suppose it couldn't really go to any kind of vote like on chain. Um, can can you delve a little bit or talk a little bit more about how the, the members were picked? Yes, of course. So I think I would preface this by saying that no matter how we would have picked these people, um, I think this is a situation in which there is no way to make sure everybody would be happy. And I also want to draw to your attention the situation in which all of this was happening. Right now, retrospectively, it's very easy to say, oh, we should have given more money to this protocol or less money to this protocol. But 
when Terra collapsed, when new Terra was created, there was this almost, I don't want to, to, to call it a feeding frenzy, but I would almost call it that just to be dramatic because all the other chains suddenly had this incredible opportunity of attracting lots of talent, lots of displaced talent, displaced developers, displaced teams uh, to their chains to continue building or to build new things with all these developer grants. And don't don't get me wrong, these were of course like very, very well intentioned and this was there was an outpour of love and support from community or within Cosmos, you know, Secret Network and some other networks even set up a separate pots of funding specifically for communities that wanted to come over from Terra and wanted to continue building on Cosmos, but on a different chain. So in that situation, the speed was of the essence. Because if we started some, you know, elaborate, uh, I don't know, like voting processes and maybe an on-chain governance vote on these members, by the time we would have had the council, most of these teams would have left Terra and the entire point of the emergency funding would have been nullified. So as we continue this discussion, please just bear in mind that many of these decisions were not perfect, but we are very much aware they were not perfect. And the the council was basically chosen out of uh, a set of uh, community members which were vocal in the chats trying to rebuild Terra and were considered, you know, largely, largely independent of TFL or having ever been employed at TFL. Um, so the, the point was very much to have a diverse set of people. And we have eventually aligned Sefi here as a huge like community member, and I would almost say leader um, here on Spaces and and um, famous monologist um, of twenty three hour Spaces fame, legend um, was also my my and is my teammate on that council. So you know both both him and me, we are just active on Twitter, active within the community, and we were approached and asked if we would like to function on a, on a council like this. And similarly, Pantera from Terabytes was approached, um, Seb Nodze, and, um, oh, Sefi, help me for a second, and GJ from Flipside Crypto. Now, um, all those people, you might say, um, are not fully 100% independent and objective in their judgments because you know we are obviously ingrained in Terra ecosystem so the projects we were judging on they were often run by our friends by our colleagues but bear in mind that anyone who actually has Terra's best interests in mind and wants it to succeed would have had some conflicts of interest so the idea of selecting five people and making them abstain in judgment when projects of, you know, like that they are affiliated with were involved was the idea of making sure that we at least minimize these conflicts of, of, uh, you know, interest. Um, so yeah, I think, I think if I were to condense this and answer quickly to your question, TFM, um, I'm a little bit like Sefi. I can't answer. I can't answer very briefly. Uh, it's always a monologue. Uh, I would say that the members were very much chosen based on their activity in the community and on their perceived, of course, independence of TFL. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing. That was a very interesting short monologue. Um, so, I mean, maybe if we, I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in hearing about deliverables. I mean, I, I know there was something in the, the sort of initial emergency funding um, proposal about like, we're going to disperse Luna. And then if projects aren't up and running by a certain date, we expect people to return that Luna. I mean, I, I mean, that's not going to happen if anyone doesn't build anything. Um, but are, are there like milestones that are set so that projects don't just keep getting Luna and keep not delivering anything? Um, can you maybe sort of speak on that a little bit? Oh, of course. So just so you're aware how this was set out, basically there was a pot of funding. All the projects that applied were judged on, you know, whether or not their application is uh, sound and sane, um, which was not always the case. And once we, what we strive to do was distribute all the Luna among the projects and then align on a vesting schedule. We didn't want to hand out, of course, like all, all this Luna without any kind of control longer term. So what happened was once the amounts were aligned on, and this happened partially based on TBL, so total value locked in these protocols. This is, for example, the reason why Astroport got the highest allocation of all teams, simply because Astroport made up such a huge chunk of all the TVL on Terra. Um, once all these amounts were discussed, the projects that got over 200,000 Luna were locked in a six months vesting uh, and projects that got less than that got locked in a three month vesting period. Now, in order to also help teams kickstart their redevelopment, we decided on releasing 50% of each allocation upfront. So let's say a team was granted 100,000 Luna in, in total. They were given with their first allocation, 50% of that, meaning they were given 50,000 Luna. And over the next, uh, basically like three months, they would get 33% or like, you know, like 33.333% of the remaining allocation. You get 50% up front and the rest is distributed among the months of your vesting. And before you get each month of this vesting, a team basically supplies to the council a short report on their progress and this report you know involved not just describing what you did outlining the transactions and how much money you spent out of the allocation you were given already but with some teams depending on how they are building and what they are building we had calls or they submitted their front end like a preview of their app a test net specifically for the council or they even submitted you know a, a video showing a demo or showing a pitch deck with what they're building in detail um so there were i wouldn't say that this was a very very streamlined process there was nothing about this that could have been serialized because these teams are so different and the projects are so different but we did we made every feasible effort to ensure that, you know, we did in fact control the disimbursement of these funds and we keep doing so. Um, at the same time, I also want to say that let's bear in mind that this is a council of five unpaid 
um, individuals doing this in their free time. And there are constraints to this. So just as I'm, I'm not trying to pick out any team, but I just want to provide you with an example of what could be criticized about this process. Not all the teams that applied were in a similarly dire financial situation. So, for example, some of these teams, when they raised money for their protocols, they didn't necessarily raise on chain, meaning they didn't hold all their funds on Terra. So not all these funds were actually affected by the DPEG. But this all comes back to what I said about the timing and about how important it was to act quickly. Because if we started an in-depth review of each team's financials, which again, as a Sorry free to council... if I am indeed interrupting. Is anyone else lost karma or is it just me? I was... I heard I hear good. Yeah, I can okay, hear sorry for the interruption. Please carry on, Karma. Oh, I'm so deep into the monologue, I was already having flashbacks. Oh my God, if I have to con you know, like repeat all of this again. Um, no, no, no. So basically, I was saying that um, in, we are fully aware that this process wasn't perfect. There was, for example, let's, let's take Stada. Stada raised most of their money off-chain. They're a huge protocol. But they still got a very, very sizable portion of their TVL bucket and of that TVL allocation because it would have been unfair and we lacked the tools to adjust the, adjust the grants to the realistic retainment of funds by some of the, these teams. And I think that is okay too. Let's bear in mind these grants are not just to help rebuild, but also to help retain bigger projects on Terra. So we just have to be competitive and that poor council of five individuals did the best they could. Um, bearing in mind, it wasn't perfect. I just want to say uh, to Karma and all of the council members... I can see Karma stop talking now, but I'm afraid I, I missed out on quite a lot of that. Sorry for the interruption earlier, but yeah, I, when I when I spoke up over you, that's kind of I'd lost you a little bit before that. Um, but I could hear PFC. Can I just want to go over the key points again? Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but just to <laughs> just to summarise, you know, it was a hard job that five individuals who weren't paid uh, had to do. Uh, every project application was different. And there was varying amounts and difficulty levels going in there. I think they personally did a, you know, a wonderful job. And I'm not sure they got enough credit, um, but uh, they, are, they do, you know, they also have to suffer a bit of a backlash when they have to do the hard decisions uh, when people aren't putting enough information in or, or doing stuff. So they do get a little bit of crap and backlash uh, coming back from the people when there's not enough money. Uh, or where their money's being held, or they weren't selected, or something like that. So, um, I'm in full support. And I think they've done a wonderful job. Almost definitely, yes. Um, Sefi, do you want to sort of jump in and talk about how you found the process, or any comments on the Emergency Builder Fund? Wow, that's literally the first time I've not heard Sefi unmute his mic and and go for it. Um, Oh, sorry, oh guys. I was kind of I'm kind of at work, so kind of jumping in and out. Uh, but yeah, what was the question? So yeah, I mean, just I mean, Karma's been telling us about the Emergency Builder Fund and the sort of history behind it. But I mean, do you yeah. want to share anything about how you found the process? Um, I think uh, it's uh, just as someone who's like, I think if you don't have like 
direct, let's say, for example, coding experience. Um, looking at GitHubs and what have you is a little bit harder to sort out, right? So it's kind of interesting that like the group is a mix of people that, uh, you know, well, some people just have an idea of like, you know, is does this make a business sense? And other people are just out there. Does it make sense? You know, are they giving providing deliverables? And other people are looking at it from the angle of the coding. So I thought it was a pretty good group. Um, so hopefully, whatever results we get, the com community is reasonably happy with. I'm sure there'll be like mistakes made and god knows how many rug pulls so we'll see how it goes awesome thanks for sharing sir um we recently put out a graphic at tfm about um the amount of projects on the emergency builder allocation or who received funding from the emergency builder fund and i mean it's a lot of projects have launched something and then of the ones that haven't yet launched there seems to be a lot of them like really close to that time so i mean I'm, I'm personally really excited and and proud of you guys for what you've done and proud of the projects for like um turning things around so quickly and um, we've got a few people up sean i believe is related to one of the projects do you want to jump in sean tell us a bit about your project sean before you jump into it would you mind me just very very quickly saying two things so and really quickly this time so first being that uh, with this last update, we've actually asked teams to provide us with an estimate for the launch, like binding launch date for the projects. Um, the last, uh, the last disembursement of funds have actually been withheld for some of the projects that, you know, are just on the cusp of launching, and we want to use this as this last bit of incentive for them to launch first and get the allocation second. And I will be publishing a full, uh, a full graphic with help from tfm um on you know some of these estimated launch dates and i believe most of them still plan to launch in q1 so the next three months should include many launches and i'm looking forward to that second would be just sharing with you guys my favorite tidbit of update from one of the teams so uh, some updates were really subpar and literally included one sentence and we then had to go back and ask the team what the hell but my absolutely favorite update was the front end will be done in two weeks we operate with a delay because all of our devs are on burning man festival that's pretty funny i mean uh, you gotta love the relaxed attitude of some teams i wish i was a burning man <laughs> me too we are doing the wrong Far out, yeah. That or a yacht in the Mediterranean sounds cool. Uh, Sophie, did you have something that you wanted to uh, to talk about? I'm, I'm just um, Rebels having some challenges, so I'm just taking over for a little bit. So, no, I think uh, I think Karma summed it up, and she did uh, a lot of the uh, the vast majority, I would say, of the sort of legwork and dealing with spreadsheets and whatnot. So, yeah, super organizer. Uh, did a really fantastic job. Yeah, like some of us are just kind of like half screwing around comparatively. Uh, so yeah, I would say it's uh, kudos uh, and credit to Karma for everything. Cool. Thanks, guys. We've got a guy called Matt who's requested to speak. I think we'll just bring Matt up. I know Jack's going to have to go soon-ish. Um, but yeah, we'll just get Matt up just now. Hey, I just wanted to say... Uh... You know, I was an emergency. Should be coming up. I'm not certain what's happening on my phone. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. I think sometimes I don't think for Rebel some reason I don't know why it's not letting me bring you up to the stage. I genuinely 
Um, press the tick you, button. Yeah, he he's talking. Yeah, we can, we can hear you. I'm well, just you know, shouting. As a just, grant recipient, I'm just going to keep talking to fill the space. Yeah. Right? So yeah, no, 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 go for it. All right. As a grant recipient, like I can say that when we watch these two tier one coins, uh, top 10 coins, just like literally like melt and like all of our hopes and dreams kind of melt, you know, the five, the five people that took charge and uh, kind of like, you know, led, it, I, you know, it was, I can't even explain the feeling that you guys provided uh, and the guidance that you guys gave us in a time when, when we were all just like, really just lost like i was lost for like a week i was so shocked and then like i had to like you know slap myself around a little bit like tell myself to like knock it off and like do some push-ups and like really try to get myself in a different mind set and then when you guys came out with this and i was like oh my god i was like we have we still have a hope we have a project we can submit right and then to be able to get that that grant and to be able to make those milestones and you know I, they i i almost you know i was we were on the delayed list like they were really tough about it we had to give them access to our github we had to pr- provide all of the our dates we had to give them show them our test net to our website we had to give them you know when is it going to be active like, when is this going to happen and like they're serious and and i'm i appreciate the fact that they're making sure that that the community money is spent in the way it should be spent and like man i'm i'm so grateful to the emergency builders grant like it really did like I, i'm not even gonna lie it probably changed my life i'm gonna be dead serious it probably changed my life that's actually an awesome thing um again uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was one of the recipients. I'm one of the laggards who haven't actually released anything. So, but expect uh, some announcements soon. Uh, Sean, did you want to uh, say something? I think you came up as a speaker. Came up as a speaker. I'm not sure. Hey, I've been watching the whole process. I reckon it's gone really, really well. The only thing I'm curious about is the projects that weren't on classic. Um, how did they go about getting the emergency funding? As in why? Why? Just how? Because it's not really an emergency for the teams that didn't launch or didn't have plans to launch. It's a bit confusing. So, so Karma, do you want to talk about that? We really are getting rugged by spaces a little bit. I had such bad, bad just the sound didn't really make sense um could you please repeat the question sure i'll i'll I'll, I'll try because i think karma can hear me Uh, sean you've got this really echoey thing going on so the question was basically how do these how do these projects that we've never heard about on classic uh end up getting funding i think i i think i got the question right sean did i yeah Yeah, that's that's perfectly fine uh so I'm I'm right now trying to think of a project that would not have been known on Terra Classic. That is, oh I, yeah, I actually know. So for example, let's take Pax. This is a, a sorry, Pax Skip Skip. I mean Skip. Um, Skip protocol is something that most of you will not have heard of on Terra Classic, and this is because they were still in the stealth building phase. And they haven't really released their socials. They haven't really released, uh, you know, like their their customer facing interface yet. But they are uh, quite an innovative protocol, which what they aim to build is basically MEV on Terra. Um, now, the merits of that can be argued, but if you know a little bit about Ethereum, if you know a, bit, a little bit about some other blockchains, MEV is, it used to be called 
minor extractable value because of mining something because of the proof of work but it has been rebranded to maximum extractable value and this is some of the arbitrage that you can do on chain this is also some of the some of the 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 gains that you can make by front running people and their transactions now on blockchains as fast as terra within cosmos it's not usually a thing and specifically within Terra and most Cosmos blockchains, I'm sure PFC will correct me if I'm wrong, um, it's actually impossible to order transactions. So the transactions are executed on chain in the in their order that they were submitted in. So if, for example, let's say PFC has submitted a transaction to mint an NFT and I really want to front run him, I want my my transaction to be executed before his I can't really do that on Terra. I could only submit my transaction before him. That would be the only way for me to have that executed faster. What Skip is building is a special client for validators to be able to accept transactions with an additional fee, almost like a little tip that then allows these transactions to be processed uh, you know, with priority. Now, your first thought might be that this can only ever be used for malicious purposes to front run people, etc. But it actually can have many, many useful use cases for people. I'm always thinking about how much I would have liked to have a prioritized transaction back when Terra, you know, was congested and and you know really really failing and i really was trying to get some of my funds out so there may be some situations where you really want the transaction to go through fast and this is not necessarily something you know as sexy as nft tooling or as sexy as some new aggregator this is not a team that can very easily present this product to the community um and it's something very, very technical that requires a lot of expect, uh, explanations, a lot of like meetings that we had with them as well uh, to understand it and where they are. It also requires lots and lots of uh, engineering and tech power. So what they have used the, the, the allocations for, for example, is to hire two additional engineers to help them with producing that validator client. And they have now started onboarding validators. So this is yet again quite a long explanation, but I wanted to provide you with an example of an actual team where this team might not really be known to you, but they are building something very, very substantial, something valuable, and the bigger project that might simply not be as easy to explain on Twitter. And just to add to that, they actually had started just, working. Um, I was looking around at all the teams and some of them just popped out of nowhere. Like created a Twitter account and then I noticed that they were getting funding. So I was a bit curious on, yeah. But no, that explains it all. Cheers. I'm, I'm just going to jump in real quick, guys. Really sorry, but I've got to uh, head off now. Uh, Rebel, thank you for hosting. Yeah, thanks for that space. explanation, Karma. Is anyone else talking right now in PFC? Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, somebody was signing off. Um... Jack was signing off and saying goodbye because he has to go. I will have to go in 10 minutes as well. Um, so, you know, I'm yeah, happy I'm to take some final questions. Space. We are all ta talking over each other. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, Jack, Jack's going. Uh, thanks. Hopefully that answered. I think it answered your question, Sean, from what I could tell. And, um, and for some reason, I can hear everybody this time. It's clear as a bell for me. <laughs> yeah, that's my voice. Clear as a bell. Well, we are lucky enough. But 
you know, I completely appreciate lots of, you know, this feedback from Sean as well. I myself, when we were judging these teams, we were sometimes a bit surprised, you know, like, who are you? I have never heard of you. And I was quite active in the Terra scene. But um, again, I'm not claiming that we are perfect. In fact, very, very far from it. But these were five individuals and we did our absolute best to, you know, vet these teams and ensure that they are in fact providing something substantial. Now, while I would never ever promise you that every single of these teams will deliver something tangible because this is not in my power, I can at least let you know that five people really invested in this blockchain succeeding did their very best. And that's truly the best we can hope for with decentralized governance, can't we? Yeah, and just, I'd like, you know, just have a ratio of, of the community think grants that we actually gave out in Terra over like the last six months. How many of those actually, you know, while it was successful and running, a lot of those things took the money and ran. So I think um, this project has actually had a better success rate than the standard community funding ones as well. So just, just put that out there. Okay, and now it looks like uh, no one can hear me either. Oh, that, no. I can. I think, I think we can all still hear you, PSC. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, that loud, that droning voice, which never ends. I get it. Um, cool. All right. Um, anybody else wanting to chat or talk? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't put them up, but hopefully Rebel still has the ability to add speakers and can hear me. I'm not certain I can add speakers. I'll, I'll see if I can set you as a co-host to maybe bring people up. This is Twitter telling us to stop. It seems to suggest it was sent. I was trying to bring up Matt James. Was Matt speaking? Matt was speaking, wasn't he? It looks like Matt's not even up on, on mine. Yes, he was. What, what okay, I've got, I've got, Sorry. I don't know what project Matt was on. He, he didn't mention it. Matt, are you still there and got the speaker and want to say which project you were on? Okay, it looks like he was part of the tree party. Um, I'm just having a challenge actually approving him to 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 speak. Okay, here's somebody we know and love. So hopefully we can get um, them on. I think it died. I just wanted to yeah, say so I, that... I, mine's still working. Maybe if Matt's getting logged by Twitter Spaces. I just brought the long dough up. Is that Jim? Ah, cool. No, no, it's me. Hello, sir. Oh, no, putting you and Sefi together again. This is a dangerous combination. Yeah, we'll try and avoid the sexual talk today. Try. I mean, if it happens, it happens, but it has to happen naturally. <laughs> I love how you have to try. Yeah, um, I actually just wanted to say that I truly appreciate the Langdao being present and, you know, showing showing true commitment and interest in in you know, both chains succeeding and in community talks like this. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. When I hear that, my little cheeks start blushing. They like, look like tomatoes now. I feel very embarrassed and my legs are quivering. And there we are, and we're off. Midas has joined us as well. Now this is creme de la creme. It's like the old days. Yeah, it, it, does? Feels, it feels like we're kind of restarting the old days. You know what I mean? When, when Sefi used to do spaces for like 12 hours a day, Hundreds of people be in the spaces. Um, yeah, that used to be like, I think it used to be like the core of terror, like the the kind of, also like the catalyst, the way um, everyone was educated about it, the way everyone got enthusiastic, the way everyone connected to all the devs. It was like a beautiful thing. It's cool to see it starting again. Yeah, I think we, awesome. we generally... I'm, I'm just wondering oh. if anyone from, or who's listening in, would like to sort of step up and say anything about governance. 
Um, he Midas can't hear just joined. Us, He's there, Midas. You got any comments on governance or anyone else? We'll bring you up. Comments on governance? I, I can hear him very far. I don't I think people can. No, I, I don't know if Rebel can hear us sometimes because he just cuts over. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, he, he made me co-host. So I should be able to bring people up and all that kind of stuff. So. Okay, well, I just also wanted to say that I truly appreciate the TFM efforts, Rebuild DeFi, and everybody that, you know, just like keeps on the torch of informing the community. It was sort of why we wanted to have this quick call today, which, you know, like evolved into very many topics. Um, and, you know, the governance being the main topic, but basically I almost feel like, especially with governance voting, we expect the users, we expect the Terra participants and community members to do their own due diligence and vote, you know, like consciously. Whereas it's actually quite difficult even for validators and very knowledgeable community members to sometimes decide what is right with these votes. And I almost feel like we should have a community call like this with all the esteemed, uh, you know, users from Midas, through LangDAO to PFC and everybody in between, with Sefi ideally being our gracious host, um, to maybe discuss some of these proposals and, and unpack what they might actually mean for the network, not just if they pass, but also if they do not. Um, so this was just like a quick digression. Might just feel free to request to speak as well. Um, but it's lovely to hear all of you again. Hey guys, thought I'd just pop up. I saw my good friend Lunkdao was here. Um, I saw that Sefi was here, but he's cowered away and hidden somewhere. Um, it's a really interesting point that you've you've raised about governance. I think uh, the two chains are perfect, like opposites of each other right now. So Lunk Kaluna Classic has got a vast community of people who have no idea what's going on. So governance is very difficult. Um, Luna 2 has a very small community of people who know too much. Um, so that turns into the snake pit. So it's really interesting to see the two uh, contrasted and maybe both of them are dysfunctional in their own way. I don't think anybody has the answer to this um, necessarily. One yeah. thing we were looking at actually was, you know how Prism was refracting uh, your your asset into a principle and a yield token. What well, what if you could like refract your governance power and, and sort of delegate it to specialists and things like that? Like if anyone wants to vote on a parameter change, like I don't really trust most of the Lunk community to vote on parameter changes. So maybe we have an esteemed council of people who understand this stuff and they can vote on it on their behalf. You could do something with liquid staking in that behalf. So you could basically, you know, if you wanted to be uh, like, you could vote on behalf of other people and make a liquid staking token. So, for example, they like you, they could basically do put your vote in. You could it would liquid, get liquid staked, but you'd have the voting rights or something like that. The other thing about voting is you can also do proportional voting. So you can also vote with 50% of your shares and stuff like that, or tokens. Yeah, it's a really interesting idea. Um, you'd almost end up with having like politicians that people you obviously like validators are kind of like politicians now in a way that they represent you, but um, perhaps you end up with like quangos. So in the UK, we have this thing called quangos, which are specialist groups set up by the government, like think tanks. Um, and inevitably, I guess you never have these perfect impartial people who vote 
on things they're experts in. But um, you know, maybe it's a step in the right direction. Karma's got her hand up. Thank you, Grover. Um, I think I actually this is actually a topic that I've discussed with multiple people, and we never really arrived to a better solution. I think the reason why TFL went with such a minimalist Terra Station like governance uh, proposals uh, outline and and uh, front end is because it's such a difficult thing to draw the line between informing the community and guiding their opinion. So something that I learned, you know, being a part of an NFT DAO and at Galactic DAO with Galactic Punks, we voted on many decisions together. I noticed that this aura of decentralized governance is sometimes very guided. Like it, it, it was really sometimes down to how a proposal was formed, who voted first, how many votes were already visible that influenced how people voted. And it was very difficult for us in Discord to make the votes already cast invisible. So what I want to say by this is that while I understand why the minimalist approach was chosen, I was sometimes wondering if it wouldn't be easier for me myself as a user to vote if below some governance proposals I saw how like trusted community members voted. I guess validators should you know, should be that person for you. You like you just see how your validator voted and you should be able to trust them. But not all validators are very active on social media and some of them don't even vote because it's not a requirement. So I just often wondered if it wouldn't be easier if we saw how some community members vote right inside the Terra Station. Yeah, I mean um Terra Station thing we could probably you know, get some of the uh, station guys up and see how they could potentially do something like that. I mean, the votes will always be on chain, but for most people, if it's not on the station, it doesn't exist. I was, uh, I was wondering what Lunkdow might have to say about this subject, actually, um, and how, how they were thinking about this, this problem on the Lunk chain. They are speechless. They're wow. That's the first time that I haven't seen Lunkdow comment on something. Lunkdow, can people are wanting you to talk about governance? Are you there? Come on, coach. Don't right. be shy. Uh, all right. You might we be ordering a, some chicken. This happens yeah. sometimes. Uh, around this time, actually, he is probably on the phone ordering some chicken and uh, a corn on the cob. Okay, so we just brought up Luna Classic. You wanted to speak. Um, what do you want to say, Luna Classic? He's also shy. Also ordering the chicken. Going once. I've just I've just muted everyone. I could hear PFC, I could hear Grover, I could hear Midas. Um, hopefully you guys can hear me. Karma's laughing, maybe. Um, yes, we can. It, I've just been looking at this um, Stably governance proposal again, and it's looking really, really close now. Um, potentially, like, it won't pass. And I, I just wonder, are people feeling better that it won't pass, or do we want this one to pass? Um, Shall we just sort of round off our conversation tonight with this sort of going back to stably. What do we think about it? And so, Midas has got his hand up. Shall we get Midas per- in? Personally, I don't think uh, this should pass because um, as far as the conversations went in the Terra rebuilding group or whatever it's called, um, I don't think like they were proactive in convincing us that this was the best way. And, you know, there are so many stable coins nowadays that i rather prefer to have something like usdt or usdc in a native form than 
stable coin that we don't really know, right? Like uh, I haven't heard of these guys in in all this time until they just like popped in and start like with this uh proposal so yeah it's like who, who the hell are these guys and then you enter the website and you see like there there's like this uh, group behind them right like a centralized group i don't know who those guys are i don't know what's the risk on um you know regulations and pretty much all the eyes right now are on the stable coins and regulations and all this stuff so think it's kind of risky to just like give money to a team that just popped out of nowhere and starts to asking the whole community for money we already have a team that's working on terra which is capapult i think that's that's how you pronounce them and um, they're already working on a stable coin and now uh, if i recall correctly usdt was gonna be native on terra so it's like Dude, why why are we going with the last place, trying to onboard them on Terra when there is all these uh, these coins that uh, have already positioned themselves in the market and people, in a way, trust them. We know that we we use trust the USD rather than USDT and USDC, but it is what it is. And if we're going to go for the next best option, I rather go with a uh, with some stable coins that have been in the market for a while. And that we even know who the main guys are and we can go and shit them on, on Twitter if it's necessary, right? Uh, but these guys, I don't know who they are. I don't know where they came from. I don't know. Like, dude, it, it, it's like giving free money to a project that just saw a community that, it, that has enough funding right now and trying to get their shirt up the market. So at least for me, I'm, I'm not bullish on them. I don't know them, and I won't vote for them. And and if anybody has access or context to other validators, please share the word so it doesn't doesn't go through. I don't know if it, if has the vote uh, passed yet or what what is the status. I have to check that. Status is it's got eight hours left. Uh, it's currently a no by around three million Luna. Good job, community. Well, Midas making his position known. Thank you, sir. We've got M. Grover had his hand up. Are you there? Mm. Um, I haven't read anything about the, this project just yet. I have one question, which is, how is this stablecoin collateralized? Does anybody know? They uh, had US uh, dollars as collateral, so it was 100% uh, collateralized. Uh, so the way it worked is Prime, you'd basically give your US dollars to, and Prime Trust would hold it and they would mint coin. So it was okay. all held there. And then they had attestations and audits and so on uh, to cover that. So it's like a little USDC kind of competitor-ish uh, launching on Terra and other chains on the Cosmos? They... It's a baby USDC. I think we were the only Cosmos chain they're on. They're on stuff like Harmony. And there were some other chains that they did. They mentioned that they're on Ethereum as well. Hmm. Well, I think uh, I think it's been announced. Where was it now? I think Osmo actually broke the news and possibly contracts uh, by announcing that USDC will be launching natively on Cosmos anyway. 
So the question is, why do we need to fund this project? And does it bring anything unique to Terra or benefit Terra in any specific way? Um, probably, probably not, is my opinion. The only positive thing that I liked about it was it was a payment rail. So it was a very easy way of getting your funds from a US bank account via ICH into um, into Terra. I'm not sure if the USDC is will be as easy. So you, there won't be a facility for you to go and wire something and magically get uh, funds in Osmo. I don't think that's how the USDC integrations work. But anyway, um, Karma, you wanted to say something, and then we've got uh, some. We've got Matt and Beware of crypto scams, uh, who I think also want to chat. Yeah, I just wanted to say I was supposed to be on a different call for 20 minutes now, but it has been such a joy to hear all of you again. And yeah, I think I think we should all aim to have more of these spaces because like you just said, okay, we're even asking each other right now, what's your opinion? Like, should this pass? Shouldn't this pass? What do we want to do? I think it was very, very important to have the Stably team today on the spaces to give them the opportunity to speak for themselves, have an open stage with the community. This is something that's very difficult for an upcoming you know, individual from outside the community to do, to actually have an audience to reach. They can't just start an AMA by themselves. It won't have as much traction as when it's hosted with people from within the community. And I just wanted to say that I really, really appreciated that. I thank TFM for hosting, for being you know, so open to this. Last minute, I must say, Rebuild DeFi has been amazing and PFC, of course. Um, and yes, let's let's all make an effort to make this a more regular reoccurrence. And thank you, everybody, so very much. And apologies for, you know, abandoning you early. But thank you so much. Thanks, Karma. Uh, I think Rebels, I'm not sure if Rebel can still talk or not. So thanks. And I think Karma's gone. Matt, did you want to say something still? Or um, I think it was a question about uh, what project you were on. Well, the project I'm on right now, um, I'm, I'm, uh, my payroll uh, came from private companies like Honda, AutoZone in the past. Um, you know, that's where I make my, my regular money that I invest. That's my background. I'm, I'm not a scammer. Um, I'm actually uh, the opposition to that. You know, I'm actually uh, in work with oh, no. on a project. Um, that's a very interesting one that has to do with the crypto market that the mayor is uh, requesting. No, because you said that you were actually one of the, the projects that uh, got an emergency allocation, and we were just wondering which project that was. Not your background. We, we trust yeah, you've got a background. Unfortunately, and I trust you guys, but that's highly classified information. Fair enough. But you, but you did get funding, and you did apply. Of and, and yeah, I, yeah. I, try to, I try to say as much as I can, you know, because uh, that's, that's the... That's a Patreon need, way of doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You need to uh, basically create yourself an anonymous account, and then uh, you can basically talk about the project versus talk, and then versus uh, docs yourself. This is my unofficial account. This is my unofficial account. I have multiple Twitter accounts. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. That doesn't. That doesn't sound shady. PFC was coming through loud and clear all evening. So thank you very much, sir, for taking control when I just could not hear karma at all. It was very disappointing. Um. It's been a really educational space for me. Um, I have a few other things I need to start taking care of just now. So I'm going to be jumping off.
which unfortunately means the space is going to close down. Um, does anyone have any closing words before that happens? Just uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm, it's, uh, I don't normally do these kind of things, and um, I think it was, went really well. So thanks for, for doing it, Rebel. Absolutely. We've, we've kind of had our differences online, so it's great on a personal level to be getting on so well with you now, sir. Um, I've always been an admirer of your work um, since I first became acquainted with you, watching you on a terabytes episode at TFI Alpha, the first one. Oh, goodness. Uh, that was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's okay to have a difference of opinion. I, I try to keep it civil. And uh, I usually do have some random thoughts about why I'm doing stuff. But, you know, as long as we can try to keep the conversation civil, it's always good. Absolutely. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for joining this call this evening. It sort of changed what we were initially going to be talking about, which was going to be um, Liquid Labs and Galactic Punks with Karma and Jack. So hopefully we'll have that call at some stage. But, um, yeah, governance, I think, is probably something we should be talking about more. So thanks very much for your time. Speak to you all soon. And thanks, Finn, again, for your hard work recording and uploading all these podcasts. We appreciate you, sir. Good night, all. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Terra Community Call, hosted by Rebel DeFi of TFM and Orbital Command. Recorded on Monday, September 19th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop ride off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion.
reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces <laughs> <laughs>